Are you looking to go from renting to buying in the near future? Perhaps you may be considering selling your current home to upgrade your current living situation. Many are buying now here in Nashville as sole investment properties. On this episode of the Budget Babe podcast, I am interviewing Autumn Vaughn of Living Tennessee. Autumn has achieved great success through referrals, her strong relationship building skills, extensive knowledge of all housing costs, and being mindful of your budget. We caught up through Zoom, and I'm way excited to share this with you all. Let's go ahead and jump right in. You're listening to the Budget Babe Podcast, where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. My name is Ella, and I'm so excited that you have joined me today. Welcome back to the Budget Babe Podcast. Today with me, I have my friend Autumn. Autumn, uh, when I met her, was a retail store manager, and now she is kicking some butt in the hottest real estate market in the country. So here's my friend Autumn. Autumn, would you like to tell us about yourself? Give us a background on you and tell us about your career path and what goals you have in the coming year. Sure. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited you agreed to do this. Uh, yeah, this is this has been exciting. I've been looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so I, I got my start in – I like to joke that my first job helping people buy and sell things um, was when I was eight years old. My mom would have me go around town with a little red wagon and sell the tomatoes out of her garden, and now here I am. I make – uh, your house shine, uh, stand out in a uh, crowd, and be the one that gets offers quickly. Uh, I am so excited to be where I am today, for sure. Um, so a little bit more about myself. Uh, a local real estate professional. Helped about 75 people buy and sell homes. Um, I specialize in first-time buyers, and that's kind of why I wanted to come on your show today, because there are so many misconceptions out there about what it takes to buy a home. Mm -hmm. Since you don't know what you don't know, uh, I thought this would be a good chance for me to kind of help your listeners, help my friends, um, get some good information on on what the process looks like and what it really takes to get it done. Yeah. And I fully admit that I know very little about, I have a lot of friends in real estate, but I know very little about, You know, I know there's a certain time to buy, when to buy, what the market looks like. I know save up for five to ten percent for your down payment. Have that with you, and that's one of the biggest misconceptions is you know the old school thinking of it takes twenty percent or more to to buy a home as a down payment um, is really kind of an outdated model for that. And when you think about it, you know. Folks who are putting 20 plus percent down back in the day mm-hmm. are also having interest rates of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. Um, so that's one of the things, yeah, the look on your face right now is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, so the historic lows that we are experiencing right now make the cost of borrowing money for those who are budget minded. Your budget goes a little bit further when an interest rate is lower. Every time your interest rate goes up by 1%, you lose about ten to $15,000 of your buying power. So that's one of the things that's, you know, 
helping buyers get into homes these days is record low interest rates. So, you know, while you can't necessarily, a lot of times to answer your question, like when's the best time to buy, mm-hmm. when the time right for you, it's kind of the same adage about like, when's the best time for a new couple to have a baby? Well, when the time is right, there's no such thing as that. So it can come into play. Like, are you trying to work around kids um, school schedules? Are you trying to, you know, work around having your lease end and you want to have the least amount of overlap between the lease payment you're going to make mm-hmm. your landlord and the mortgage payment that you're going to make as a homeowner. How do you make it timed out so that you don't have this several months overlap? So the, the time to, or sometimes it's just when, and I, I didn't know that this was as tangible as it is until it actually happened to me uh, just a few months ago. Uh, when you see that house that really kind of like lights your soul on fire and you don't really know why, but you're picking up the phone and you're calling your friend in real estate uh, because you just kind of can't get this house out of your mind. And I, I've seen that happen time yeah. again. It just happened to me too. Yeah. When you're drawn to it, I believe in signs. I definitely do. If I see something and I just feel drawn to it or I can go into a house and I'm like, I can totally see myself living here. Yeah. 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 So, and, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I love real estate, why I got into it. I knew it was a, a vehicle for building wealth for myself, for mm-hmm. my friends, for my family members of just, you know, no one in my family ever role modeled this behavior for me. And it wasn't from a lack of desire. I think that they maybe had the same hurdles that other folks do, which is they just don't know how to do it. And I'm either fearless or stupid or maybe a combination of the two because I'm now the uh, trailblazer in my family kind of learning how to, to do this on my own. And there's so many great resources out there to do it. Um, it's really just about asking smart questions. So this year, you asked about my goals. Um, I hope to buy my first investment property this year. And when I yes. say that. As the the budget-minded individual I am, I I like to joke, I already live in my first investment property. The house that I currently live in as my primary residence, I fully intend on keeping uh, and not selling it to get into the next house. So having learned how to navigate that and what I need to do to be ready to you know, harness the equity that this home has built for me in the past few years and use that as my launch pad to get into the next place, which will become my new primary residence. Yeah. And I'm looking at some of the rent prices in Nashville. I got lucky to get a house for less than what some of my friends pay for a one-bedroom apartment. Now, they live closer to downtown, you know, and I'm in Donaldson, but... That adage about location, location, location is very, very true. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be steps from the office store and you're going to have a 25-minute commute maybe into work. Um, but the quality of life that you might experience making that trade-off is elevated for sure. Elevated, yeah. That's, and that's something I hear is like over time, you're going to save more money on a mortgage payment than you are rent. That's a fact. For two reasons. One, you have equity that builds over time. You know, the little joke about, you know, the best time to plant a tree and go was 20 years ago and the next best time is now. That's very true in real estate too. If you look at a graph of home 
values over time. It might have slight peaks and valleys, but on the most part, it's a it's an uphill climb, and your house is going to do that. So that's one of the reasons, and it kind of like freezes you in time, right? You know, as the, the market has gone up for rental prices, um, the Greater National Association of Realtors loves to share that information with us. It's gone up about thirty five percent in the past five years. So imagine you have a mortgage payment. Yeah, your taxes might go up, but for the most part, you're locked in on an interest rate. Um, you don't experience the same kind of increases in rent as those who don't so okay it's, yeah it's a decision but so the question then becomes is because you're absolutely right you need about five to ten percent of the purchase price of the house to cover your down payment closing costs and incidental things that you're going to need to buy and prepare for as you get into a house so about five to ten percent of the purchase price of the house is a good rule of thumb to to know like am i ready to start considering this yeah um and then it also comes down to negotiations that's another reason why i love my career in real estate is because i think you can negotiate on just about anything and this job gives me this work gives me the day in day out opportunity to yes regular faces. <laughs> so a smart agent you know it, it's it's a sticky market in nashville right now but if there are houses that have been on the market a little bit longer because the seller was a little unrealistic about what their home might sell for at first, mm -hmm. then you start to have opportunities and avenues to, to, to negotiate what that looks like for, especially for first time buyers is not necessarily inching away at the price of the home, but leaving that still and asking for some money in lieu of our closing costs to be provided by the seller. So that's an avenue too. And you say you've mentioned a lot of things that you love about real estate. What do you think, what is it that you love the most? Love the most? Uh-huh. The most. If you had to pick one, what do you love the most about? It sounds odd and I'll try to explain, but I love the little moments inside of it. I love when you're standing inside of a house with someone and this like light bulb moment kind of comes across their face where they know that they're standing in the one. I love the look on their face. Love that. Um, just it's, it excites me seeing that decision being made right there that this is the one for me. This it is, makes my whole day. That's awesome. I wonder how they know that that house is the one. Like what about it or just the futures or? I, I think it's a more of an emotional thing than that. You know, that I, I can't tell you how many times I sit down with a buyer and they tell me things like, I can't possibly live in a townhome. Don't even show me those. And then we're a week and a half later into their home search and they send me one and are like, can we go see it? And because I protect my clients, I, I will, will, will remind them, hey, you told me no townhomes. I know, but... And then they get there and they're like, suddenly, like, there was just something about that place. Yeah. I have a past client who actually, you want to talk about this light bulb moment? They loved this house. They couldn't figure out why. They didn't know why they loved this little house so much, but it was going to have to be the one. And so, of course, they're young first-time buyers. They're telling their parents about the, the house they saw that day and where it was. And you'll never believe this. This is a true story, Katie. It wound up being that it was their grandmother's home. And they wound up going under contract, closing and buying with me when we didn't know, and we didn't know it when we set foot in the door. 
And it wasn't until we were making the offer that night, they texted me and asked me, hey, was so-and-so ever the past owner of this house? And sure, it was a really unusual name, so I knew right, and I had seen it in the tax records. So I knew right away that, yeah, and I was like, yeah, they, they did. How did you know that, I said. And that's when the phone rang in my hand, and they told me <laughs> super excited. They were like, you're never going to believe this. Are you sitting down? Um they read about it. They wrote about it in the Tennessean and the Sunday edition. It was actually oh uh, cool. Yeah, it was one of the highlights of my career being part of that. I was going to say, did you did your name get featured in that story? Yeah, it's like a little blip. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and it was like you ever seen the newspaper where like the story catches and goes on to like the next page? It also was interrupted in that. So it was just, <laughs> uh, but at the same time. It's never about me in the first place. Yeah, but but still, it's a great <laughs> way to get your name out there. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's there's a ton of realtors. I I feel like I meet a new real estate agent every day, and there's you got to find a way to set yourself apart. Really, yeah, any think, sales career. Yeah, but here's some facts: like the average agent only sells about three to four homes a year. Um, and in my, this will be my third full year in real estate. I'm tripping past 75. So. Yes. Way to go. <laughs> Thanks. I think that experience is, and I'm real low key about it too. You know, so I, I wind up working on referrals uh, a lot, actually. Okay. Friends that I help with. Yeah. They have good things to say and that's the best word. That's, that's the most budget friendly form of advertising too, right? It is. Yeah. And you learn in sales. I know in the sales career, you learn a lot about referrals, getting people to your door versus all the other retailers out there. If you're selling jewelry, what? how does your retailer, how does your jewelry retailer stand up against Costco or going to Sam's Club? Like, yeah. That is one of my absolute favorite stores, you know. Costco. I know you were telling me all the Costco hacks last week. <laughs> I uh, am a Costco devotee. I love it. Um, uh, we, speaking of jewelry, that's where my hubby and I bought uh, my engagement ring was at Costco. Basically, my rule of thumb is if I can buy it there, I'll get it there first. Because I'm the type of person where, and, and you might be similar, I don't like to make minutia day in day out decisions like I'm usually in this headspace of like planning and thinking forward I wish I could pull off the uh Steve Jobs I just wear a black turtleneck every day because it would <laughs> just be what I wore that day so I love going to Costco because they don't have this huge selection there's just like one version of it but they've spent the time to go find the best version of whatever it is the one item they carry is so they yeah. only have like two brands of syrup i don't have to stand there laboring over do i want log cabin or do i want something else they just they've taken all that guesswork out of it for you and then given you a great price too but costco is one of my love languages okay yeah i when I used to work for AT&T, I used to go into the kiosks and train them on, you know, selling the plans and the phones. And I remember walking through Costco and I always thought to myself, is it worth getting a membership? Especially okay, now. I buy everything. Gas, vacations. It's it's amazing what you can do with a membership. What, it pays for itself. What about toilet paper? I mean, everybody's stocking up again. 
Uh, I did. I, I did buy toilet seat. <laughs> but I'm a regular. I'm such a regular Costco shopper that even before the pandemic hit, I had my 36 rolls in the Already. closet. I didn't need to get that at my at that time, and I was very very thankful and willing to share. <laughs> willing to share. I'm like that. No, mainly grocery stores, but I'm like that with Aldi. I probably talk about Aldi every other episode. You were telling me that. Yeah. I, that's, that's something I need to get more on board with. Oh. I think I was scarred from it as a kid. Like, I just remember having to buy those uh, little packages of Lewis Buttig um, lunch meat, the really highly processed stuff, and they were like 17 cents a pouch. Oh, yeah. I, oh. I just remember... I bet they don't carry it anymore because... Oh, they're... Yeah, they actually carry... In my mind, they carry a lot of high-end. I do charcuterie boards or... Yeah. They actually carry a lot of high-end type salamis and prosciutto. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe not. But they have... Yeah, yeah prosciutto. That's... And I got figs there. It's just... It's almost like a... And it's almost like a Trader Joe's that's more available in the area. In Nashville, it is. All right, so there's a wonderful new one in my neighborhood. I guess you uh, have got me uh, thinking that it's time for a revisit to Aldi. I'm doing it. <laughs> just just go to Aldi with open your eyes. It's almost like um, one of my other favorite stores is Big Lots. Oh, I love Big Lots. I love Big Lots. I love Big Lots. And Big Lots growing up was like an odds and ends store. You know, you had to go at different times to see what was available. Now they have, they're very consistent in what they have now. It's amazing how companies grow over time, it, isn't it? It is so crazy. I I look, Big Lots has all these brands like Broyhill, Yankee Candle. I, I want to say that they could rival Home Goods. Yeah, yeah, probably. Do you ever go to estate sales and, and flea markets and things like that? I, I do go to flea markets. I also love doing clothing exchanges for clothes and, yeah. and books. I do Facebook Marketplace for books. Cool. Uh I have not ventured. The last things I sold on Facebook Marketplace, I just cracked myself up because I used my real estate background to make it sound good. And uh, I, I was selling. <laughs> I had these uh, folding stadium chairs that I bought for a concert years ago and I never used. So I think I made the post something about how live music and sporting events will return. And when they do, you can be the one without <laughs> a wet and a sore back buy these chairs. You, know, you know, and it's also a great way if you got lawn chairs, more people are meeting outside. So it's a good social distancing practice as well. Hey, I was looking out for the public. Yeah. That's what it was all about. That's, I haven't sold anything, but I bought so many books on Facebook Marketplace. What are your favorite things to read? Ooh, I love science fiction. Stephen King, the Harry Potter series. I've read Harry Potter at least three times as it is. Even in a book club of people over 30 that read and discuss Harry Potter. And what a great way to meet new people, too. Right? Through books. Um, right now, I'm reading through um, Song of Ice and Fire series, which is Game, That's Game of, of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones, yep. Reading through the Game of Thrones series. What else? And then um, for, for Audible, for listening in my car to make it more productive, I listen to a lot of self-improvement selling books. So, oh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple that I have been a big fan of. Because as, as an agent, I spend so much time in my car that it's really a, a go office on wheels for me. So yes. I have all sorts of future comforts inside of it. Um, I, 
Books, books on tape. Yep. Uh, yeah. What are your favorite books? I'm more of a uh, nonfiction than fiction reader. So I like a lot of autobiographies. One of the best ones I ever read was the, uh, the incredible life of Henrietta Lacks, I believe is the name of the book. Um, she was a woman whose cells were used by the medical community. Like she still exists to this day. It's a really fascinating read. Um, really good book. I'll have to check that out. I love, I love motivational. Like you are a badass. You are a badass oh, yeah. at making money. Yeah. yeah. That's a great read too. She is awesome. And she's hilarious. I love the way she tells stories to Have illustrate her, her points. Her companion book about, uh, you are a badass at making money. Yes. That, that's a good one. That was the book. That book has helped me with sales, but that book is like Jensen Tara's books are the books that basically was the initial motivation for me starting a podcast. Was it? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Stepping into your best life, the thought of doing that is is amazing. And that's why Abby and I have really made it our goal this year to get ourselves into that new house for ourselves because we just know that it's going to be a way for us to, to build wealth and find a fixer upper. Now that I have all of these connections and experience in helping other people through the process of remodeling and how to hire a contractor and what to look for and how to save money on home repairs. That is one of my biggest passions in helping people with my career is that it is so much more cost effective to provide repairs to or provide maintenance to your house than it is to go and pay for repairs. Mm -hmm. So what are those things that first time buyers or even experienced homeowners like might not have any idea of how to save money doing? Uh, that's the kind of things that I share with them on a routine basis that is that added value that people look for with an agent. It's more than just unlocking doors and and selling houses—that's the—that's the glamour side of it, but that's actually a fraction of the work. The, yeah. the rest of it is the, the nuts and bolts of helping people have a, a good life in their home once they're past closing. So, like little things that you wouldn't even think of about how to check for <laughs> hail damage. How do you know if after a bad storm, would you know how to figure out if your roof had hail damage? Um, Here's a hint. You check your downspouts. If the downspouts have dings, then it's a good sign that the roof did too. Yeah. And that's something else that you mentioned is a lot of people think that they're saving money by doing things on their own, such as flooring or pest control. What else do people think? People think, or they sell their own houses without going through a realtor. They think they're going to make more money selling a house on their own, or they think they think they're going to make more money doing things on their own, but they actually yeah. don't. About 7 to 10% is left on the table when folks do it themselves. Plus, they have the added hassle of having to, to do all of that work themselves. It's, it's a, like stepping over a, a dollar to get to a nickel. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So it's not only less stressful, but it's more cost effective if they were to go through someone like you who knows what they're doing. I mean, experience is is invaluable. Mm -hmm. You know, would you know how to 
negotiate over repairs. That's one of the big, biggest places I help my clients save money is, yes, is I can take a look at a home inspection report and know what are the biggest things we need to go after. And what's the stuff on there that's really just, hey, you're going to take your home inspection report, you're going to go to Lowe's, and you're going to buy a few things to do some preventative care on your house. It is always more cost-effective prevention rather than a cure. Yep. That's what my dentist told me. They did a sealant and they said, they're going to do a sealant before it turns into a cavity, but sealants aren't covered by insurance. But it was the same narrative. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Heck yeah. Yep. Every time. Every time. And just, um, we went over first time home buyers. What's some advice you'd like to share with them? People that are walking in this is their first time buying a home. What is What are some of the key nuggets that you like to share with them as they're going into this process for the first time? Uh, ooh, that's a great question. Um, one of the biggies is to kind of figure out what our non-negotiables are. Mm-hmm. You know, is it location? I think it's always wise to go there first because you can change every single thing about a house except for where it is. I love the layout and the function and the look of my current place, but I cannot pick it up and move it into the neighborhood that I want to call home. So I actually underbought my first house. You know, I I didn't let a professional guide me through the process and let me know, hey, you know, the the sixty thousand dollars difference it's going to cost to get a home like this in the neighborhood that you love that really boils down to about $275 a month. I just heard $60,000 and freaked out and was like, no way. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. There's not a chance. But if I had known then what I know now, I would have paid for that time and time over because it is now costs that I'm going to have to, you know, move again. And I'm getting that itch sooner if I had just kind of stretched, not to the point of discomfort, but just to the point of reaching just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have been much happier and been able to stay in the house longer. So that, that manifests itself in lots of different ways for different people. Maybe they buy a house that's too small or they don't reach and they don't get the neighborhood they want. And they look up four years later and they still want in that neighborhood, but now they're going to have to sell their house and move in the costs associated with that. So that's a biggie is know your numbers. That comes with just a little bit of planning and a little bit of foresight. And if you don't know how to do it, let them guide you. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with not knowing what, you might need and just make sure they're going to ask you some really insightful questions to kind of help uncover all those things that you might not have thought of because that's that's as a professional what my job is is as we pull up to the house and you're looking around the neighborhood admiring the cute houses in the neighborhood I'm walking up and eyeing up all the things like the age of the roof what the age system looks like so that you can then instead focus on what your new life's going to look like. Do you like this house? Um, or just, you know, a good agent will point out things. Like I went and previewed a home for someone yesterday 
because um, I did that first rather than have them come out and meet me like, let me just go see what we're looking at. I got there, and as soon as I got there, uh, things that the listing agent had done to that were omitted from the photography, and they're very, very good at that. Uh, there was this gigantic, unpleasant electrical tower in the backyard. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a view. And, Hey, it, it, it's why that house was that price. Yeah. Yep. I have a friend that moved. She got a condo downtown and a water tower was right in the window. Yeah. And you know what? So she probably bought that for less than other units in the building. But the alternative side of that is now that's going to be the thing that when she goes to sell it, her buyers are going to take notice of. Yeah. So how much will she have to give comparatively to other units that don't have that as part of uh, their view. And that's the kind of thing that with those first time buyers, they're not thinking like sellers yet. They just, they haven't even comprehended it. They're still in the like sometimes concerned bubble of doing it in the first place. They're not even thinking six years down the road when yeah. we're going to sell that place. And that's where I'm like, Hey, not so fast. Before we get really excited about this one, have you noticed this big water tower outside the? <laughs> yeah, that's, Are you going? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you wake up to every day? And it's interesting you said something about the sixty thousand initially freaked you out when you were look first buying houses, like the initial sixty thousand. But when you break it down into payments, it's really that much money. Not that much money because. That's the society we live in right now is breaking things down into I payments. I've found so many things to cancel or scale back on or save mm-hmm. on if I had known, only known what a small difference that it was. But all I heard was that big number and panicked. panicked. Yeah, like, whoa. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing about buying a car. Like, nobody can pay $25,000 right off the bat for a new car. But they yeah. most people break it down into payments for that reason. It's a lot more manageable when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing first-time buyers don't realize, too, a lot of times is that your mortgage is going to include your principal, your interest, your taxes, and your insurance. So the insurance, the taxes, the interest, those are expenses every month. But that principal balance that you're paying down, that's like having a big piggy bank. You live inside of your piggy bank. You are, without consciously being aware of it, saving a big chunk of money into a savings account every single month. So when you you sit down and look, you really need to kind of uncover the true cost of renting versus owning. Yeah. And that's where an agent and their relationships can help you get to buying my first house. Uh, I could have really benefited from somebody really sitting me down and walking me through what the difference was because I ultimately purchased in a different neighborhood other than the, the dream neighborhood I really wanted because of a, of a fear of about $60,000. I just, that was what it was going to cost to get a home. Like what I ultimately bought in terms of its age and condition and size and homes similar to it in the neighborhood I really wanted to be in were about sixty or $70,000 more. And I heard that big number and I just panicked. No, but no one at that time sat me down and said, 
it ought to know this, that that $60,000 difference, it really winds up being about $250 a month. Here's why. And I would have been happy to have gone there knowing what I know now, because now I've been in this house for years, and while it's a great house and I've done well, I'm never, I, this neighbor is never going to be the neighborhood that's my dream neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So now I'm having to stretch even further to get into that dream neighborhood four years later. So it's one of the biggest things I tell people when you're budgeting, work with a professional, let them guide you through the process because that information that you're going to get is so powerful. It's going to build your confidence incredibly. You're going to know exactly what you can afford and it's really going to inform good choices. I didn't let anybody guide me through it that way and as a result, I wound up kind of underbuying on my first property where I could have afforded more and no one just sat me down and showed me the numbers. That showed you the payments. Someone that you trust that can walk you through that is so critical. Yeah. So critical. Absolutely. And that's a great answer. And, you know, you're talking about what you learned with buying your first house uh, and you talked about Costco, some of your favorite. What are some of your favorite places to shop and your personal budgeting hacks that you like to share with people? Well, I told you before, I think everything is negotiable. Um, You know, I'm not a huge shopper. I tend to gravitate more towards, I love going to estate sales. It just kind of meets all of my personal passions for finding things that are unique and off the beaten path and unusual, and then also saving money on them when I do find them Mm -hmm. because they're, they're just there to kind of go through at these estate sales. So I know that that sounds funny, but that's probably one of my favorite places to go, but it does lead to, I can't decide that I'm going to need a brand new something and then go find it. I just kind of have to go see what they have. Right. Yeah. (laughs) See if there's something by chance. Yeah. That, that you're going to use and save money later on the road, later down on the road. I do that a lot with books. So negotiating over things like that, that I find there. Um, but I think there's power in budget hacks everywhere. You'd be surprised what employees at retail establishments have as power to help make your experience yep. better. If just ask with a smile. I was at a home goods store one day buying some stuff for staging a property, just little knickknacks and throw pillows to make the pictures pop and stuff like that. And, uh, cashier I just smiled at her and she asked if I had any coupons and I was like no but I bet you do and you know she was just like well I don't have it and I was like and, and she wound up giving me 15% off the whole purchase just because I asked that that's awesome it. yeah when I was a cashier at Kohl's we can just give and I don't want to get anybody at Kohl's want to put them on the spot but <laughs> I did I specifically didn't mention the name of the store I was at <laughs> I could just give 15% off. But you have to flash a big grin and you have to really be nice about it. (laughs) Exactly. Ask for things at retail establishments all the time. They, they can, they can do some things for us. Yep. I did that. I did that with my bed. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. I knew, I knew I'm like, when's the best time to buy? When I buy a mattress, when's the best time to do it? And they told me, 
Yep. And what is the number one thing that you don't go cheap on? F3, actually. Oh, name them. Um, name them. Uh, mattresses. Yep. Tennis shoes. Me too. Footwear, just in general. Because if you're not in one, you're usually in the other. So get the best you can of both of those. And then the third one, we're back to Costco again. Toilet paper. <laughs> I, make, I made the mistake of just grabbing a rush, grabbed some at the grocery store because I was running low and it wound up being some horrible single-ply situation and I was like, never again. So don't skimp on toilet paper. Don't say, no. Because the best stuff, you use the Charmin, a Charmin, eight-pack Charmin double roll is going to last longer than the value pack, 16 counts. Absolutely. I don't know the exact math of how to calculate your best bang for your buck on toilet paper, but I just... I it's going to Costco. <laughs> it's going to Costco. <laughs> I need to get on the Costco game. I... Hey, they were earliest about being consistent uh, about masks. It is uh, my favorite place. We should we should make a lunch date. I will take you to yes. the You can get the dollar fifty hot dog soda combo, and we'll do all of our bulk shopping. It'll be a blast. I'm I'm game. I'm so game because I think I'm behind on the Costco membership. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners? Anything else you'd like to add or? This has been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, thank you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a resource for you for all things real estate and just being a good friend. You're a, an awesome friend. Thank you. I know. I remember meeting you at your last job. Uh, I knew right away that I liked you. <laughs> I knew <Thanks>. right. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a great salesperson. You're an honest salesperson. You're very knowledgeable. That's what people want in a salesperson. I did a podcast on basically how to be a good salesperson. And I say, it's, oh, what's that? You're going to ask a question? I, I, I can believe it. Yeah. And I did that. And I, my biggest thing is a good salesperson is going to put themselves second to the customer. Yeah. I, and I think the, that relationship building has always that I've been so fortunate to, to be a part of has been kind of the basis for my success is that I, I, I tell people all the time, I really don't sell anything with the exception of my clients and why they should be the one to, to win this offer by your house. Like I'll package them up and sell them all day long. But as far as like, a hardcore press about you need to do this now. Why aren't you making an offer on this one? You're never going to get that from me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm here to be a, a resource and a guide, but never a, 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 a an agent where a real estate agent wears many hats therapist, uh, uh, cleaning party, mm -hmm. uh, chauffeur. We wear a lot of hats. Um, so we help people through one of the most stressful decisions, stressful portions of their life. And my thought is if I can do that and just make someone's day a little bit brighter while we're going through that stressful process, then in the end it will have been uh, a job well done. Fantastic. Fantastic. And maybe you can come back and talk about what goes on behind the scenes versus what we see in front of us. Oh, gladly. Yeah. 
Anytime. Well, thank you so much, Autumn. If you are in Nashville and you're looking to buy a home, again for listening to the Budget Babe podcast. I'm sure many of you are wondering how to get a hold of Autumn on Instagram. It is Autumn Fawn, just one word. And then through email, it's autumn at livingtn.com. Again, autumn, like the season, at livingtn.com. You can also follow Living Tennessee on Instagram, just livingtn. Thank you guys again and look forward to talking to you all next week. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving.